We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Thursday, December 7th episode. We've got plenty of NBA basketball to dive into. The trade rumor season. It's starting to pick up a little bit of steam. We've got some stuff to break down regarding Zach Levine, the Knicks, their interest in a superstar. We'll talk a bit about that. We've got lots to get into. Is the NBA draft going to two nights? Plenty of stuff to talk about. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, yesterday, no show because I had no internet. It was a, a stark reminder of how reliant upon technology we are. I didn't know what to do with myself. I had My internet was out all day and and to be honest I, I felt a bit lost yeah i i don't know what i would do either at this point in life without internet like at least oh i i know we were texting some so at least hopefully you yep. could pull stuff up on your phone if a little be, bit but, but it was yeah. super super slow because uh, my signal at, at my at my place is not great yeah. So I was about as disconnected as I've as I've been in probably years now. Yeah, that's that's tough. It's uh, it, it was my reminder of that was being on the cruise, and mm-hmm. then of course I'm on the cruise, and the Jalen Brown news, uh, extension news broke, and I was like, wait, what happened? And I'm like I'm watching the bottom line like cycle through, and I'm like, wow, this took me right back to high school when I was like, all right, <laughs> I gotta let this run through again. And what's happening here? So yeah, it's uh that, that is kind of how it goes without the internet. But yeah, man, that's uh that's that's different. I'm glad it's back working and, and we're back on it, back back in uh the regular flow here. That's right, that's right. Back for a new show, and we do have plenty to get into today. Um let's start here. I mean, obviously we've got tournament games on tonight. Those will be a lot of fun. They're in Las Vegas. That's going <laughs> to be a blast. Go to something. Did So yeah. the Pacers Bucks game, apparently uh-huh. the get in price is only $20. So if you're listening really? to this early enough and you can get there in the next uh, three hours and 30 minutes or so, you might as well go, right? It's a chance to see two really fun NBA teams for, yeah, very little money. The Lakers um Pelicans get in price is apparently only $71. So ticket okay. sales maybe not so brisk. Now, I think Lakers Pelicans are that could be like one ticket is available. Right. At least yeah, that's yeah. at a semi-normal time of 9 p.m. Eastern, which is yeah. what 6 p.m. in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do I I I it's only got to be because they don't want to go up against the NFL game uh, more than they already have to. But like the idea of um, Bucks Pacers at five, which is 2 p.m. local time, like mm-hmm. I just don't get it. Like that's yeah. that's very weird to me. That's something they, they need to work on for next year. It's very strange. Like if you want this to be a big thing, then put it on a time when most people can yeah. watch it. And yeah. and most people are at work during during that time or they're exactly. on their drive home. Even if you're on the, East, on Coast, the East you're on your Coast. drive home. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, and if you're worried about losing to Pats Steelers, I say this as a Pats fan. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I mean, like, I get it. It's the NFL, so people are gonna watch it no matter what. But yeah, just weird, weird timing. Like, put these games on. Put them on a Wednesday next year, then, and let it be like, and then own that night and and figure it out. So this just seems seems odd and messy. Keith, the, the Patriots and the Steelers, it, it's so bad that that will probably funnel viewers to the NBA game. People yeah, will right. turn on that football game and they'll watch a few minutes and they'll go, oh, no, I've made yeah, a mistake. I wish. And, and they'll go watch sadly. something else. Um, 
But I, I'm gonna say you have not seen the Patriots this year, then, because uh, you know the people will be fired up to watch them get killed. Are you kidding me? Like people are gonna be, like, let's go, let's watch them get stomped. I mean, in reality, what like the Pats and the the Panthers are like the two worst teams. They could play a game and like we would get more watch than most NBA games, including playoff games. That's just how it is. I mean, I get it. it. NFL is sure. king, but like then then don't go against the NFL. These games should have been on a different day of the week. Like well, it, it was just poor planning. I'm saying the the Steelers haven't exactly been a super fun oh, watch sure. this, this no, season either. And the Patriots yeah. have been, I mean, torturous to, to watch <laughs> yeah. that that team. You on know. offense, at least. Uh, yes, on offense, they, it's been awful. So um, I have a feeling people may tune into that game initially and then go, "I made a mistake." <laughs> and, yeah, and go, I, and we'll see. I have we'll my see. doubts. We'll I, see. You know, people love their football, man. It's uh, it's hard to pull eyes away from that league, no matter what. Did you see the uh, the Chargers game this last week? That was yeah, that was against six, the Pats. that was against the Patriots. <laughs> six nothing was yeah. was the score. That was the I think it was one of the first times, in, and we'll get to NBA stuff in just a moment. It was <laughs> one of the first times in in recent memory that a team covered the spread by scoring zero points. Yeah, yeah they I, covered the, the Patriots covered and scored zero points. Like that should not well, be possible. Like. Yeah, those are like the level of um, games where it is normally like it's like, oh, there's four feet of snow on the field and it's still coming down and no one can see. And and, you know, you you, you basically kick a field goal and get out of there. Like, that's what that game uh, mm-hmm. felt like. But, yeah, the, the, the Patriots stink. Their defense is way too good to be wasted by this terrible offense. But yeah. I'm not going to rant about that. I'm I, you know, let's talk basketball. Let's Let, let's get into the happy place. Let's talk NBA trades. And I guess let's let's go here. Let's go to the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks reportedly are looking for stars. Shams Trania talked about that. So they've got plenty of tradable assets. Have I believe it's eight first round picks that they have available to potentially trade. They've got some young players the teams may be interested in. Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes. You've got Josh Hart, guys that guys that we'll we'll talk about in just a moment as well. But the Knicks out there looking for stars. Keith, I'm I am more optimistic about this for the Knicks than the, the Knicks from 15-ish years ago have this reputation of being that team that trade for the over-the-hill star, the big name that's going to come in, the the Stefan Marbury, the Steve Francis, the Zach Randolphs of the world, they're going to come in and just not really move the needle for them. I don't think that's what this Knicks team is going to be. I think they're going to be a bit more selective. If they do go for a star, they're going to try to make sure that they get the right guy that can really propel this team forward. Otherwise, they're going to hang on to some of their assets. Now, who that player is going to be, I don't know. I don't like. I don't see the Knicks as the team to go get Zach Levine. That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. But the trade market, as it becomes a bit clearer as we get closer to February 8th, it's possible that, that a player or two pop onto the market and suddenly the Knicks are in prime position to go after them. Yeah, and I think this is going to be a good lesson in who do the Knicks consider to be a star big enough True. to finally par with a bunch of their players and in assets because they reportedly Quentin Grimes was off the table in the discussions for Donovan Mitchell a year well now a year and a half ago mm-hmm. but like that that was you know something that was was reported by multiple different outlets and reporters so that's I'm gonna guess there's some level of truth to that so that becomes a all right if you weren't willing to go all in for Donovan Mitchell and maybe that was fine but uh-huh. like who then right to your point it's not gonna be Zach Levine then right that that's not right. going to move the needle enough so then who becomes available and and i think i i don't want people to come away with this with the idea of this means within the next 2 months before the trade deadline yeah. like this may be uh you know leading into next summer too like the the Knicks are you know definitely probably going to be in play and i looked it up they have 10 uh tradable first round picks actually Ooh, 10, they wow. have uh, yeah they they've got or it might actually be 11 um it's actually 11. Sorry. They've got all of their own picks. So the next seven years of their own picks, which you can't trade all of them, but you could do swaps mm-hmm. and everything else in between. Then they own a Dallas pick that is top 10 protected. This is the problem with all these ones I'm about to rattle off. They're all, they all have protections on them. Yeah. But still they've got them. Dallas Not all picks pick, are created equal. Exactly. Dallas pick top 10 protected Detroit pick. This is this year, uh, top 18 protected. So they won't be getting that one. I, I feel very confident in that. 
uh, yeah. statement <laughs> um, as the Pistons lost yet again last night. Um, they, then they have a Wizards pick that is top 12 protected. I'm going to say they're not getting that one either. Um, then those protections slide a little bit next year. They, they uh, Dallas one remains if they don't get it this year, which they probably will. Uh, then the Detroit one becomes top 13. The Washington one becomes top 12. Then they also add the Bucks pick that is um, top four protected. Um, that it, it uh, stays with the Bucks or not the Bucks, but I think the Pelicans um, ultimately, if that's in the top four um, with that one, or it might be the Pistons. It's somebody, it's a weird pick um, with that one. Mm. But then the, then they go to the next year, their own pick. Pistons protection slide down to top 11 protected. Washington slide to top eight. Then one more year with uh, the Pistons pick, which is top nine protected. So so that's kind of the reason why I wanted to go through those. This is also what we say when we say not all first round picks are created equal because that sounds good. But a couple of those picks, they're not so great, right? Yeah. Like that Bucks pick probably going to be late. In the 20s, the, the Mavs pick, even that's probably going to be in the mid to late 20s. Uh, the uh, Pistons one, who knows when you get it. Like, and by the time you do, if you do get it, it's not going to be very good. Same with the Wizards pick. So that's just something to kind of keep in mind when we talk about this. But where the Knicks can plus up offers, especially if they were to do it sooner rather than later, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes. Mm -hmm. They've got Evan Fournier's expiring contract, which is a big number, but it just helps add to the salary matching. Uh, if they really, depending on what position they were going after, they could maybe even move a guy like RJ Barrett if you were going mm -hmm. for a major upgrade on the wing. So they've got the ability to match salary very easily, and they do have these picks that you could at least throw in there because sometimes what a team is looking for is, hey, we can win the press conference by saying, yeah, we traded Superstar X, but we got six first-round picks for him. Right. And that could be something that could happen here as well. Which, again, if you don't... People tend to react to this stuff, right, without digging deeper into exactly what are these picks. You hear six first or whatever, and it sounds great, but, again, uh, like an unprotected Pistons first... If that was somehow on the table, that carries way more value yeah, than, the, awesome. the Pistons, right, than, than the than the Pistons first that is actually available to the Knicks. So this is again the Knicks have a lot of a lot of assets in terms of of picks they can trade and they can stack a bunch of them up. But if a team is really looking for a great asset, like a this is going to be a top five pick that we're going to be getting, it's not there. Yeah, that, that's that's not there for the Knicks to trade. But nonetheless, I still think they can be uh, a player on the market here. The question is, what are they going to trade? And then uh, again, there, there's rumblings right now that there's a number of players that aren't super thrilled with their role uh, currently with the Knicks. So does that incentivize them even further to go ahead and make some moves and try to get something done? Or do you just say, you know what? Tough luck. If you don't like your role right now, we're, we're getting through this and we're only making the right deal that comes to us. That'll be an interesting dynamic to see how the, the Knicks handle that too. Yeah, without a doubt. And to be clear on the players who seemingly aren't real thrilled with their roles, this is not a sources tell us thing. These are the players said it directly. Yeah, right. Josh Hart said, you know, I need to like be more involved. I, I don't think he clearly said I need more shots, but it was like, I need to be more involved. I go out there, I play defense. And then he did own like, hey, like that's on me to figure it out. Like I, it's not on everybody else, but Clearly, if he's even bringing it up, he's bothered by it. And then Quentin Grimes, just after their last game, basically said, yeah, I need to get more shots. I feel like mm -hmm. I'm going to go out there, only get a couple shots, and if I miss them, I'm coming out of the game. And he talked about, like, I'm a rhythm guy. His shot attempts have gone way down uh, this year, so he's not seeing as many shots. And part of that is they added Dante DiVincenzo, so that's another guy who he's now splitting some time with. Uh, in that Knicks backcourt, and DiVincenzo is playing very well right now and is making a lot of shots. So I get it because that's a team that sometimes the offense could need a little bit of a of, of a boost. So DiVincenzo gives them that. But mm -hmm. it is definitely a challenge for the Knicks in this spot with they just have a lot of guys. And at some point, something has to give, right? It's either going to be playing time or it's going to be shots or it's going to be something else. And that's, that can be the challenge. Sometimes I know this sounds weird to put it this way, 
but sometimes you can be too deep mm-hmm. if you don't have the right kind of guys. If you don't have the right kind of guys who like, like we always say, like some, you know, we, we have an affinity sometimes for those players. So it's like, yeah, they never need the ball. Like they can just be out there. Like, right. They, probably not right now where he's at in his career, but like PJ Tucker for years. It was like, yeah, you can just plug him in and tell him to play defense and hit the occasional corner three. And that's fine. He doesn't ever need the ball. He doesn't need to do anything else. So, like, he's very plug and play, super easy to put in there. Some of these other guys, if they're starting to feel like, man, I need more touches or I need more minutes, that's where sometimes it can be a problem when you have so many good players because it's just hard to balance all of that. So does that push you further into a consolidation trade then? For, for the yeah. Knicks, or or do you say, no, even if these guys are grumbling a little bit, we're going to stick to our guns here and we're only going to make the move that we think propels us forward? Yeah, it probably depends on who it's for, right? Because if, like we were just talking about, if it was for Zach Levine, which by all accounts they're not interested in, or yeah. DeMar DeRozan, then probably not. If it was for another guy, and I don't know who that'll be, yeah. that becomes available in the trade market, then yeah, then I'm definitely going to start looking at, all right, let's let's do this because they have enough good quality depth. They should be able to still be okay afterwards, right? Like that's one of the things you think about. Like it's a completely different sport, but the New York Yankees just traded for Juan Soto. Uh-huh. They traded a whole bunch of their pitching depth. And one of the big worries is, they don't have very good starting pitching depth right now. So and part of that's because they gave up some in another trade and they lost guys in the Rule 5 draft. And now people are like, what the hell is this show? You've talked about the NFL and MLB. And <laughs> we're we're jumping around. We're but why, um, <laughs> Right, yeah, that's it. We're, we're branching out. But why I bring it up is, yeah, you can make the big trade. And in fairness, that's a great trade for the Yankees. And as a Yankee fan, I'm over the moon about it. But it is... You have to be certain either we can create the depth or we can, we already have it that we can sustain sending out enough guys. Like Phoenix traded all their depth away in the last two deals to get Durant and Beal, but they've, they were able to feel like we could get enough guys on minimum contracts to fill it out. If the Knicks can pull off the right star and it costs them some of their depth, they probably got enough to sustain it anyway. And they, should feel pretty good about the ability to get guys to sign there. But mm-hmm. again, that's a, that's a down the line thing. That's probably not a uh, right now ahead of the trade deadline thing. So it's just something we'll keep an eye on and see, but you know, I, I hope this isn't the Knicks are chasing stars and then they settle for the tier three guy. Cause that's the best they can do. And they kind of go in all in around that. Cause we've seen how that goes and it's not well. No. No, that does not not turn out well, and I'm sure Knicks fans are a bit apprehensive about that. Knicks fans also, you know, Julius Randle had a great game the other night against the Bucks. Uh, the Knicks do bow out of the the in season tournament, but but Randle went nuts, had forty some odd points. Yeah, uh, there were Knicks fans. I forget what outlet had this, but the comment from uh, from Knicks fans was was great. This helps his trade value because he's had a rough season. It'll be interesting yeah. to see what they what they do with him. Should not shot the ball well at all um either from the field or from deep like any big market team bob the you know value and love of players is widely divisive like people you know i know knicks fans who think jewish randall is incredible and that and there's other ones who hate him and then you have the ones who are like which is my favorite band in the world is he stinks but you should give us a really good player (laughs) yes that's that's my favorite ones and it's like and then you have the ones who are like he stinks, and I can say that, but you can't say that. Like, that's not okay. You know, it's almost like talking bad about a member of the family, right? I can say whatever I want, but if you say it, we're going to have a problem. There are so many uh, sell low fans out there. A guy's yeah. playing poorly, and it's trade him, trade him. Well, yeah. Who's going to trade for him right now? Like, who who wants this player if he's playing this way? Or the only teams that do want that player obviously believe that he's better than what he's shown and is going to and is going to improve. <laughs> And if they're right about that, then why do you want to trade them? So it's it's funny the way all that all that works out. But I also get it too. It's the emotional response. You're watching a guy that's not playing well on your team and you want them to play better. And so you go, okay, well, let's get somebody else in there to do those things and, and that will improve things. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let, let's talk about Zach Levine. Uh, out three to four weeks, Shams Tarania made the point that that in theory, puts him out to right around when everybody in the NBA will be trade eligible, almost everybody, yep. I should say. 
um, including the guys who aren't trade eligible till January 15th. Uh, he's dealing with, with a foot issue. Is that, I mean, do you think this is his actual timeline or is this, or is some part of this, the bulls saying, well, let's keep him out for like three, maybe four ish weeks. And we'll see where things are at on the trade front. Or is this really like medically he needs to be out this long? Well, what's funny is right. They're starting to play better. Um, yeah. Just, right. you know, completely, you know, randomly. And maybe that's uh what was Bill Simmons thing? The Ewing theory. When Patrick Ewing went down, the Knicks started to play better. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's some of that going on in there. They've won three in a row. They're up to eight and 14. They're, uh, I, I saw a ton of Bulls fans are like, oh, no, this is going to convince them to chase the play-in tournament. <laughs> like, oh, and they're you know, completely losing their minds about it. But I mean, and, and they've got wins over the Bucks, the Pelicans, and the Hornets. I mean, the Hornets is one thing, but the Bucks and the Pels, those are, are legit teams that you've got wins over there. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's never looked bad you know, in those games either. Like, they've played well. Kobe White is playing really, really well. I, I think what, with Levine, my guess is this is probably more of a let's be cautious for real with the injury. Like, mm -hmm. we do not need this turning into something. But yeah. that's probably with a hint of if this turns into something bigger, we then we trade won't him. be able to trade him. So yeah. I don't know that it's a, hey, let's just completely sit him out to keep him healthy only for trade reasons. It's probably for real, like, worries of and a lot of times when you get that kind of foot inflammation we haven't fully heard beyond that it's foot inflammation my guess is that mm -hmm. could be some form of like uh, plantar fasciitis or something mm -hmm. like that and if it's something like that we know the only real uh, cure for that is rest. rest and stay off it so so that's probably my guess is a little bit of what's going on here is let's make sure we get this taken care of then we'll have roughly a month's worth of games to show what he can do before finding a trade at the trade deadline. Yeah. Yep. So Zach Levine's going to be out for probably the, the the better part of the next month here. And then when he does come back, I, I, I'd imagine if he comes back, it's just going to be a real, you know, real quick kind of on display type thing. And the, the rumors are going to ramp up once again for him to potentially get, or get the will be like, you know, in the sixth seed and they'll be like, let's go. Here's our, here's our acquisition is Zach Levine. And most fans will be like, please, God, no. And they'll be, and they'll start, sur they'll surrender future assets for win now pieces. And yeah. Oh God. I, oh man, that's, let's not speak that into it. Could you like, Bulls imagine, couldn't you just see the bulls like here, let's jump to this. Couldn't you just see the bulls get up to the sixth seed or something and then they go all in for Boyan Bogdanovich. <laughs> nice. Good <laughs> like, segue, my friend. Well <laughs> like that would I, I'm sorry to even put that on you, Bulls fans. I like Boyan Bogdanovich a lot. Uh, but anyway, the, the news we got Boyan Bogdanovich staying put. The rumors that the Pistons aren't that interested in trading him. For now. The, the, for now. It does not it, to me, like when news news like this comes out. Yeah, of course. We talk all about it that, that this is, you know, the beginning of trade season. Everybody's asking price is super high. It does the Pistons no good to say, oh, yeah, we're we're definitely interested in trading Boyan Bogdanovich. It's not going to help them at all with their leverage or anything like that. So you want to put out there, no, we love this guy. We have no interest in trading him. <laughs> but maybe we'll listen. You better come with a good offer, though. But I guess we'll listen. You know, that's yeah. that's probably the way this is going to go before the trade deadline. Well, and this is, I mean, we very much know because it was widely reported last year, they did put the real two first round pick uh -huh. price on him. And whether that was too real first or whatever it was, but that was part of the reason he didn't get moved last year. The other part was they fully intended with Cade Cunningham back to be better. They really thought like we can push this thing forward and try to be a better team and really try to, uh, you know, make a real run at this. And clearly that has not happened. They are, uh, what are they? They're two and 19. They won 18 or one. They, they would like to have won. They've lost 18 straight games Oof. in a row. They're two and 19, not to be outdone. The San Antonio Spurs are right behind them at three and 17 with 15 Oof. consecutive losses. So Spurs are remains true. The last game they won, I was in attendance in Phoenix, and that was a month ago. Um, oh. The last time the Spurs won a game, so yeah, was it? Was it the, the? Was it October then? No, it was still no. It was November. It was, it was November. November. Okay, because I was say that. So the Pistons yeah. haven't beat there. The Pistons have not won since October. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The Pistons had, Pistons went the entire month in November without winning. The Spurs almost did. Uh, they, they, they. I think they won one game 
in November, if I have my dates correct on that. So, yeah, it's it's uh, fine. Like, I guess, like, he's finally back. He's healthy. Let's see what it looks like, and then we'll kind of go from there. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's malpractice now if you don't trade him. Like, there's no reason to hang on to him. It doesn't make any sense. And for any team that can wants him, provided he shows that he's healthy and still, still productive, shoot. Yeah, and I think he can. I I think he'll be fine. Twenty million dollar contract this year, very acquirable. Then he's got one of those I like to call them pseudo expiring deals. It's nineteen million, but it's only guaranteed for two million next year. So that's one you could very easily get out of if you if you acquired him and things like went sideways on you and you're like, yeah, it's not working. You get out of it very easily. So you got to trade him at some point this year. Keith, I'm looking at the the Pistons schedule here, and we've and we've gone over this before, but it still it blows me away. So here's here's what they've got. This is the rest of the month at Orlando, which remember Orlando's good now. Oh my God, tickets as low as seven dollars for that game. Anyway, um, versus Indiana, versus Philadelphia, at Philadelphia, at Milwaukee, at Atlanta, versus Utah, at Brooklyn, versus Brooklyn, at Boston. Finish the month versus Toronto. Yeah, we said that where's, Memphis game was like a must where's win the, for them, and they lost. Right, and they and they lost by fourteen. Yeah. Where's where's the win? Like, is this what what do you think is more likely that the Pistons go two months without a win, or that they beat one of those teams? I'm gonna say that they beat one of those teams. Just I can't even imagine two months without a win. Like yeah. that's ludicrous stuff so i'm gonna say they win one of those games but it might be the 21st against utah and that's two weeks from today mm-hmm. so like you're basically then saying all right well you won a month and a half or i guess a month and uh three quarters without a win because you'd at that point be all the way into you know the latter part of december so yeah because it's hard right i mean yes they could beat orlando they could beat indiana Philly twice, eh, Milwaukee, Atlanta. And they, yeah, they go they, they go talking. at Philly, at Milwaukee, back-to-back on the road. Yeah. The <laughs> only way you get one of those is if it's one of those ones where the team's like, yeah, all right, nobody's playing. Like, we're going to say sure. Like that Philly, you, you play them two games in a row. Maybe Philly in one of those games is like, yeah, we're just going to sit everybody. Yeah. Like no Embiid, no Maxi, and then maybe you can trip them up. Uh, maybe Indiana, if you could – win a shootout with them and mm-hmm. they're not hitting every shot like I, hey, yeah it's it is god that's ugly that is that's just yeah it's bad i mean yeah it's probably that utah game is the next that's probably the closest will be for them to be favored in a game i would guess right right yeah i think so i think that's got to be and i don't think they will be favored I, but yeah, that's, they might not that, be. That, that's I mean, going to be the closest line good, so. no they haven't yeah, been but yeah. Is it yeah. well wait, is that game? Yeah, it's in Utah. Well, no, wait. No. That one's at home. Then the next no. time they play Utah is in yeah, Utah. So it, that's yeah. a home game. That'll be that, I bet that will be their closest line. Yeah. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Mm. Oof, All right. That's ugly stuff. Let's uh let's move on to some some more positive news. Bradley Beal is is ramping up, uh hey, getting yeah. ready. Sounds like he is uh within about a week or so of, of maybe making a comeback for the Phoenix Suns. Certainly they they could use them. We haven't seen the big three really out there together. So so Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal need to be out there on the floor together to really start to develop some chemistry. And uh, hopefully Beal will be able to recover. These back issues, though, can be tricky. They can linger. They can pop back up. So fingers crossed. Hopefully Bradley Beal can get healthy and then stay healthy and stay out on the floor because they sure do uh, need him out there. Yeah, and the report was 10 days. That was a couple days ago. Yeah. So hopefully you know, we'll, we'll see. I think they're, they've got a game coming up against the Knicks at some point, and it looked like that might have been the one uh, where he returns. So we'll see. Again, to your point, you know, now we're we're 20 games in now. Uh, so we're down to 60, you know, 50-ish games. 60 games is the most we could see all of them together. So I'm going to say it's going to be 40-ish at best. Yeah probably more in the range of 30 because, and I'm not trying to be negative Nelly here, but Kevin Durant generally has something pop up mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, that hasn't happened yet. And Booker's already been out once. We'll see if he goes out. I mean, I know he's kind of in and out of the lineup, but mm-hmm. we'll see if he 
Yo stays in the lineup the whole way. So now I think with Booker settling in so much to the point guard spot and really, I was making this point earlier today. He is playing like, like a Harden style point guard where it is, I'm going to just come off and make the right play. Sometimes right. the right play is I'll score. Sometimes the right play is I set somebody up. But he is also doing a good job of making sure Yusuf Nurkic gets touches and Eric Gordon gets touches and Grayson mm-hmm. Allen uh, gets his touches uh, beyond because Kevin Durant's clearly a scoring machine and that's what his role is. And he's always going to get his shots. Mm-hmm. But Booker's making sure everybody's getting a chance. So what they really need Beal to do is just be a souped up version of Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen. And what they're giving you just be a better version of that, which he, if healthy, should be able to be, then you're good, right? Then we're we're pretty good if we're Phoenix and we we should be fine. There because there was all that talk at the beginning of the year is like Beal gonna run the offense some because mm-hmm. he had done that a little bit. I think now it's very clear. No, that's Booker's job. You're gonna be the third guy, but just be a really, really good third guy. And if he is, Phoenix becomes that much harder to beat. Yeah. Absolutely. He's going to be, that's going to be important for them. Um, let's, let's jump into uh, this. De'Aaron Fox turned down an extension with the Kings. Now that doesn't mean he wants to leave the Kings. He just yep. thinks that he can get more money. If he waits, the Kings could only offer him a two-year extension. Um, and he is going to try for um, that Supermax. He's going to see if he can make all NBA. He's been absolutely fantastic for them. Uh, he's, he's He can get to his mid-range shot pretty much whenever he wants and he hits it at a, at a high enough rate extremely fast and uh this is something that i think ultimately will get done next summer because it wouldn't shock me to see De'Aaron fox make all nba particularly if the, if the sacramento kings continue to have success the only challenge is how crowded the guard position is mm-hmm. but if the kings can have uh can continue to find success this year he will definitely be be in that mix and this could wind up being, and I don't even know this is much of a gamble for him because it was just a two-year extension, but this could very well pay off big time for De'Aaron Fox waiting to do to do a deal. Now, remember though, all NBA is now positionless. So that oh, could help I him, forgot about right? that. Yeah. Didn't that something the only reason I knew is because I I forgot all about it yesterday in a conversation where I was like, yeah. oh, that's right. Because yeah, because I talk a lot about like Tyrese Maxey, right? Uh-huh. He could he make all NBA? And then I was like, well, there's only six guard spots. That's who I was actually talking about. And I was like, wait, that's actually not true anymore. So, right. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we're probably going to, I still think most voters are probably going to lean towards making teams more than they do other stuff. I think this will be more of a, Hey, Embiid and Jokic should have probably both been first team. Right. Yeah. Like let's get them both on the first team, but I don't think it's going to be like, well, we picked 15 guards and see you later. Clearly yeah. it won't be because there'll be other guys in the mix. But I think that was more what it was about. So I still think you may still see like six guards, six forwards, and three centers. Mm-hmm. It just may be what teams they actually land on. But to that point, part of the prereq almost generally for all NBA is, were you an all-star first this year? And that is still by position for the most part. So Mm -hmm. Fox needs to push his way into that conversation and go, but this is the right bet for him to make because the two year 105 million, he turned down in the version of that, that will then turn into a three year and a four year Mm -hmm. barring something wildly unexpected or a major career changing, altering injury. Yeah. That's going to be on the table no matter Mm -hmm. what. So why not hold and bet on yourself? to uh you know run the accolades it takes to then you know make the uh all nba requirement because let's be real he's not going to win mvp or defensive player of the year so then it's really all nba so why not push for it like i'm I'm all for bet on yourself if you're a guy who can conceivably get to those levels if you are not that guy no then take the money when it's offered because you're not you're not going to be there but he could be in that mix yeah yeah i think he definitely can be And, and like you said I think the floor, th- this deal is the floor. The deal that was on yeah, the table is 100%. the floor. So w- so why not shoot for more, especially if next summer you can add extra years onto that deal. So your worst case is you wind up taking this deal. Unless, there, like you said, there's like a Sean Livingston type of injury or something sure. like that that changes who you are as a player. But again, that's you're, you're, you're making a pretty good bet here. Um, I always look at when I'm looking at these deals and I think, you know, hey, if I was an agent, what would I be advising my client to do? And I think back to 
you know, Dennis Schroeder turning down that that big money offer uh, from the Lakers in order, or the rumored, you know, offer in order to go get, to try to get a little bit more money. I thought I was looking at the market and thought, man, the downside of this is tremendous. If the money dries up on the market, I mean, we talked about it. Yeah, we, we talked all, <laughs> yeah. all about that, how at some point the money was going to try and there was going to be at least one or two guards that was left on the outside looking in and they were going to have to take below market value deals. It's exactly what happened. And he lost a ton of money, whereas the upside was he would have made an extra like 15 million, maybe. Yeah. Um, so it didn't it wasn't a worthwhile gamble. The opposite is true with this. Your downside is very, very low and your upside is very high. So to me, this is a smart gamble for, for De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I completely agree. And worse comes to worse, we get a couple years down the line and and he, you know, basically doesn't get there. And then, like you said, he gets this offer or what would be the equivalent to this. Cause mm -hmm. by that point, they'd be able to add a third and fourth year very yeah. likely to, to it. So yeah, uh, just, you know, hold and see if you make it. Cause yeah, cause there's not, I mean, we're not talking a little bit of money. I mean, we're talking by that point, it's going to be like 60 ish million dollars, um, extra money that he could make total over the life of the deal. Like that, that's mm -hmm. a lot. So yeah, I would hold out for that too. All right, let's jump over to this. There's still rumors that the draft will be uh, will eventually become a two night uh, deal. I'm still I'm kind of on the fence about this. Like I get draft night; it's a long night. We do a show during the during the draft. I'm exhausted by the end of it. In fact, you can usually see like part of the way through the the second <laughs> round. I'm like, oh my god! Especially <laughs> the last two two years, right? We've hung out to the Lakers picked more in the middle just of the second for round. the fun of it. Yeah, that's midway through the second round. Yeah, and we're 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 dragging. We're yeah. We're hurt. But it, to be fair to us, we'd also been live uh, for you know hours before the draft that, too. Yeah, and we don't get commercial breaks. We go no. all the way through. You know, just uh, talking. And if anybody's uh, really planning for what uh, seven ish months from now, eight ish months from now, yeah, we'll probably be live again during yep. the draft because because we have a lot of fun with it. And we like to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely a blast. Energy drinks, you know, definitely needed, but but we make it yeah. through. Um, but I, I don't know, like, I guess my concern, if I was the NBA, my concern would be, especially if you split it up, day one is is the first round, day two is the second round, then nobody's going to watch day two, yeah. right? Like, because I, I, and I would have to look and see what, what are the viewership numbers? How much does it drop off by when it, when we go into the second round anyway? How much does it drop off after the first few picks? So it'd be interesting to see where the, the NBA would cut things off for day one, day two. Again, I would assume it would be round one and round two. But is it worth it? Like, is it worth putting just the second round on TV? Will enough, like, of the casual fans tune into that? Yeah, can you get enough? Watching, but, right, yeah. sure. But can you get... And I think the key would be, is there some way to promote, some way to ensure that you're going to have trade activity going on. That would be a way to, to spice things up, and I don't know exactly how you would do it, but otherwise, I think the second round would be a, a bit more of a, of a tough sell. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I agree. I wonder, the things I would be looking at is, is there a cutoff point around the lottery? where people start mm. to drop out in interest-wise. Could that be your cutoff? Then you come yeah. back with the back half of the first round and the second round on day two. That My guess sense. is first round of this, uh, meaning first time they try it, would be first round one night, second round the second yeah. night, and off we go. There, there are some out there who believe, some who are pushing for, now that we've got the third two-way spot, we've got the additional roster spot, to add a third round. And mm-hmm. one of the things that could happen then is, do you do it like the NFL does? Yeah. Round one happens one night, and then rounds two and three. Your challenge is, until more than four or five guys out of every second round end up making a major impact on teams, just people are going to be like, what, a, what am I watching for? Right. Where I think you can rebalance that a little. And this is hard, right? Because... Adam Silver, let's be honest, right up front, too. This is all about money. This is about we can own another night of TV, Mm -hmm. right? Because at a time of year where the only other thing going on is baseball. So why not, right? Like, like, let's just grab another night where all eyeballs are on us when we're there. So now what I wonder is, do you do the first round? He talked about, do you, like, lengthen the time a little bit between picks and give more time to talk about all that stuff? Then after the first round, teams get a chance to really reset. But I wonder day two coverage, you have to be clear to be good to all of the fans, right? Where it is um, like you're trying to, or to the players, because he talked about like, he referenced like how Jokic was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. So it becomes a whole thing of, uh, you know, like what happens there. But do you use that to be like, all right, let's talk a little bit more in depth about what happened in day one. Let's also use it as a little bit of a free agency preview because free agency starts roughly a week later mm-hmm. in the NBA. But then that goes against, like, we're trying to give shine to the guys in the second round. So, yeah, I, I'm fine if they want to try it. I mean, I'm watching anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But let's see, you know, how, how it looks, what it works out to. Yeah. And I trust with this, too, if it sucks and – no one's watching. They just won't do it. They'll, yeah. they'll do it one year and then they won't do it again the next year. And it'll go back to the way it was. All right. Last thing that we've gotten. I agree. I think they, they will indeed. They'll, they'll test the waters. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then they'll, they'll oh, shift let me it. say one other yeah, thing, just because it came out of this. This came out of this more recent talk about a two night draft came out of Adam Silver did a really uh, long interview with Sirius XM NBA radio. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it because we talked it only like a week ago. But he, again, was asked about expansion. He was asked specifically about, hey, Las Vegas, like hosting Mm -hmm. in-season tournament. They've now got a baseball team coming. And he basically said, like, yeah, like Vegas is a city we love. And we would like to remind everybody, like, hey, even though we're not there full time, like we've been here longer than any of these other sports. Like we've been doing stuff here. We had an all-star game here. We've got our summer league here and all that stuff. Um But he talked about that, and then he did say, but yeah, Las Vegas is a place. And then the other city he referenced directly was Seattle. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty clear to me at this point, Seattle and Las Vegas. He was funny because he's like, there have been no commitments, there have been no secret meetings. I also don't believe that. But it's they're not building arenas and rehabbing arenas without some reason to do these things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Billionaires do a lot of weird stuff with their money that I don't understand. But – it's 
I believe Seattle and Las Vegas are coming. And he did say this time around, he was a lot more clear of like, yeah, we're going to finish the TV deal. And then we're going to start talking about this. It wasn't a, maybe we'll start it. Then maybe we'll, it was very much like when we finish the it's TV coming. deal, we'll get into this. So just, if you have a chance, you can go listen to it. If you've got Sirius XM, there's a bunch of places that recapped it. Even if you look on their Twitter, they pulled clips and all sorts of stuff. So. Yeah, it's, it's coming. It's coming. Yep. We're going to see, we're going to see teams in Vegas and Seattle. Um, yep. It won't be right away. Then the question becomes where else? Like is it do do they go to more cities? Is this a wave where we get two teams and then within the next four or five years we get two more? Like what is that gonna look like? Do those teams are they international like Vancouver, Mexico City? Like I they they think they're only gonna keep growing. And he also did say, I will say this. He said, part of my job as a commissioner, what I've been tasked with is how do we grow the game beyond mm-hmm. the places where we are right now? And he said, and that's all part of it is having more teams and more accessibility to more fans and more places. So it's the, the NBA is only going to grow from here on out. All right, let's finish up with this. The Warriors continue to shuffle their rotation. They are it, they are not doing Warriors things right now when you look at where they're sitting in the, in the standings, currently in the Western Conference. Uh, the Warriors are the 11th seed. They are uh, game below 500. They're 10 and 11 on the season. I know I still look at it though and think it's the Warriors. They'll figure it out and and they'll be one of those teams. By by April, we're gonna be looking at the Warriors and saying, Oh yeah, they're a tough matchup in the playoffs and all of that. But is is the window like how closed is the window right now for for the Warriors? And I'm with you because I say the same thing. In one of these years, we're gonna be wrong. Yeah, right. We're just gonna assume they're gonna figure it out and then they won't, and it'll probably what kicks off the next iteration of the Warriors. But yeah, until we actually see it, I'm going to continue to believe that they will figure this stuff out and they will uh, push, push forward and push through. So I, I, um, the window question's hard because I mean, they did win the title two years ago. So it's like, I mean, like it seems insane. It's it's the world we live in now though, where it's what have you done for me lately? And that, you know, two years ago, it's a lifetime, especially in the post pandemic. Yeah. Like that's the other thing, right? It's not like they lost Steph Curry and he went off to play for another team or retired. No, like they have all these guys, but they but have all these not guys, the same guys anymore. So that's it. Yeah. It's the, it's the same guys. They just don't quite move and play the same levels. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's that that's the challenge, right? They, they look the same. They just don't look the same if that makes sense. So yeah, it's close, man. We're, we're, it's got to feel like maybe one, two more runs in this group, like, like at it, meaning this playoffs and next, and then we're probably moving on, which is probably a big part of their hesitation to say, sure. Clay, here's the big max extension mm-hmm. deal that you want. I think that's why they're letting it play out. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think if he wants to still play, he'll be back, but it's going to be more on like, Hey, Draymond didn't get a, uh, you know, 150 million. He got a hundred million. Like we can't give you 40 million a year. You're going to have to take, 25 million a year and right. be kind of aligned with Draymond and Steph and go forward from there. I heard an interesting question. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. So you're, they, they come to you, Trevor, you're running the Warriors today. Uh-huh. Yeah. Throw away all your Lakers stuff and you're going to run the Warriors. Okay. And your first option is you can trade Stephen Curry for the monster hall. You get, Four first round picks, swaps in the years between extra play young players, all this stuff. Would you do it? Uh, I trade him to the Lakers for for minimal <laughs> return. Um, no, but um, so here's so I would say at this stage, I would say no. I want to give yeah. them one more shot to see what happens. You want to talk over the summer, and, and frankly, this is so this goes beyond because typically, right from the fan perspective, I think we we look at things and, and fans start to think, well. We better get something for this guy while we can because fans are going to stay with this team forever, right? They're going to they're gonna keep going with this team. They're going to keep supporting the team. And so you think about what does the post-Curry time look like? What is the, What about post-Clay and Draymond? What what does the next era look like? And do we have assets to, to really get into that era so we don't go back to the dark ages of, of Warriors basketball? And I think that's important, but I think what these guys have done 
goes beyond the standard roster building timeline. I think what these guys have done, what they've meant to the franchise, what they've meant to the fan base, says that this isn't a decision that you make as a front office. This is a decision that you make as a group. The players are involved in this discussion. Look, you guys have cemented your spots. Your jerseys are going in the rafters. We're talking statues out front. What do you guys want to do? Because here's the reality. What's that? Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, I'm... I was I was just gonna say I was gonna add on, but go ahead. Okay. Your thoughts. Sorry. So I was just gonna say this is the reality is this is this is where we're at as a team. This is how much we're spending. This you know we don't know how much longer we can go, but we want to give you guys the send off that you deserve. And if you decide that that we don't have the firepower to contend anymore, and you want to go somewhere else, we will work with you to send you somewhere else. We can only pay you X amount. If you think you want more, we will we will do right by you and get you to where you want to go, even if that means we have to sacrifice a little bit in terms of assets because of what this this team has meant in terms of the assets you get in return. Um, so I think it's a different it's a different tier because of what they've accomplished there, because of what they mean to this franchise. Whereas we look at you know the other teams that we say should should tear it down. The Bulls aren't looking at Zach Levine and saying, "Oh my gosh, he gave us so much over the years, and we have to make sure we send him where he wants to go and do right by Zach and all that stuff." For the Bulls, they should be thinking about let's get the most assets that we can, and if we make Zach happy at the same time, great. But the priority is let's get the most assets we can. That's not the dynamic here with the Warriors. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, and it's what you said towards the end there. It would have to be Steph comes to me and yeah. says, I want to be traded. Then to that point, all right, let's let's figure it out. Because one, he's still awesome. Yeah. Right? He's still great. Like if there's any Warriors thing that still feels like the Warriors, it's Steph. Like he's still that good. So that's part of you know, a big part of it. But also, yeah, then it's everything else you said. Like it's, you know, it would have to be he wants it because Think of it too. If you're a brand new GM and your first thing is like, "Hey, traded Stephen Curry," like, right? You you better not. You better not only hit home runs. You better hit grand slams with every single pick and everything you got in that trade. Otherwise, it's never going to be good enough, right? Because mm. people are never going to forgive you. Like I, I very famously remember Danny Ainge when he was running the Celtics, talking about, "Yeah, I went to Red Auerbach one year and said, you know, you should." probably think about trading bird and McHale, mm-hmm. like in parish, like you should trade all three of them because they're getting older. Like the team's not going to get any better than they are right now. You should really think about trading those guys. And then he followed it up with, and then I was traded to Sacramento, like <laughs> almost immediately after, which is just kind of funny. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, like you, if you're going to trade away true superstars that have at this point, Steph is approaching two decades of, you know, stuff with the franchise then yeah you 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 better be really certain that you're getting it right or it better be at their request like i'm i'm ready to go somewhere else so yeah i just i I wanted to get your take on it because i thought it was a really interesting conversation um that i heard about it and i was like like, yeah that's that's that is you know you know kind of you know a different spot than you're in with almost any other guy in the nba at this point because nobody else really has kind of that same you know, level of feel about them. Like, and people, people will try to bring like Celtics fans might say Jason Tatum or Mavs fans might say Luca or Giannis in Milwaukee. Giannis is maybe approaching that standpoint, mm-hmm. but those other guys, I mean, they, they had to double their career lengths to even get to where Steph is at. Never mind the, the MVPs and the titles and yeah. all the other things that have, that he's pulled off and accomplished. So I, I don't know. He's probably, he would probably be number one, as odd as it sounds, on like the most untradeable list just from everything you put together around the idea of trading him. Yeah. I mean, what would like some obviously not all fans are gonna think alike, but what would the trade have to be for Warriors fans to be okay with it? Yeah. It yeah, it's, be, it, without it him having asked. Yeah. Astronomical. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It would have to, yeah. I don't even know that the four picks plus swaps in the middle years plus a bunch of like, I don't even think that would be enough. Like, it would have to be that plus, like, every good young player that the team had. Like, it'd have to be, like, we took OKC's entire roster plus yeah. every draft pick they had and all their own draft picks for Steph alone. 
Yeah. Like that, that's like, like something ridiculous that no one would do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It would never happen. So yeah, I just, I just thought it was an interesting question of, you know, where was it at? So outside of the, you know, obviously the Warriors could never turn down the uh, D'Angelo Russell, Tory and Prince package that you'd put together. That, that's true. Clearly, yes. You know, that would be, be tops on the list, but that's that, an instant accept, get it done, <laughs> call it in. Don't let the other team off the phone. Yeah. Get, get, get that thing done. Anytime you can, you can swap out. Steph Curry for D'Angelo Russell and Torian Prince. You, you have to do it. You have yeah, to do if, it. If you're the Lakers. Um, the Lakers. <laughs> one thing I meant to ask you about with the Lakers. Yeah. Notice Christian Woods starting to slide out of the rotation here a little he, bit. He did. He got a DNP against yeah. Phoenix the other night. And it's I do, steadily been creeping down. I've been talking a lot about that. I think it's the three-point shot has just – the Lakers tax is real apparently because guys come to L.A. and just forget how to shoot. He suddenly is not hitting the outside shot. Um, I thought those Vanderbilt specifically is back. Hachimura is back. To, yes, you know, guys that semi-pay now, play the same position. That's not to say Jackson Hayes has been great, though. Sure. I just think I thought his his specific skill set in terms of his his lateral quickness for a big fit best with the defensive scheme that they're running against the Suns. So I don't think Christian Wood is like banished and he's just out of the rotation now. Agreed. There's moments where he is going to still play. But yeah, I mean his his the the shot hasn't been falling, and a lot of his value comes from the ability to hit that shot. He's still done a good job focusing on rebounding and everything. But mm-hmm. I you know not to get into a full Christian Wood thing, but sure. Um, I but just yeah, noticed he's, he's been struggling. Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring it up yesterday. Uh, had we done the show, just just I I did notice that a little like uh, we're are we we here again, right? Because it's almost like last year, right? It, to a slightly lesser extent last year started up. We were talking about Christian Wood this time last year. Could he win six man of the year? Like yeah. he's been awesome for Dallas. And all of a sudden he didn't play anymore. Like I, I did to your point, you have the shots not going in. It starts to become a little like uh, Jackson Hayes is plays with a little more energy, mm-hmm. a little bit more of a above the rim threat. You know, he can do, you know, other stuff that you don't do for us. We have Vanderbilt back. We've, got Hachimura so we don't really need you playing at the four at all so it starts to become a little a little bit of a thing so I just noticed that the other night I noticed he didn't play at all against Suns and then I noticed so then I went back and looked and I'm like yeah his minutes have really kind of ticked down here over the last week or so so just something I've got my eye on yeah yeah no definitely something to, to keep an eye on here and uh we'll see if the jumper comes back around my my internet yesterday went the way of Christian Woods jumper, which is, has not been not been falling. Um, I just realized we didn't even talk about this Warriors topic all that much. They basically what Steve Kerr said was, "I'm just going to keep working until right. I find a mix that fits, and if that means changing the starting five, changing the rotation around, we're going to keep shuffling things, you know, till we till we figure it out." Yeah, and you know that's what they're going to do, and I think I still believe ultimately they will figure it out, but I think the days of them being like the dominant Warriors are probably over but there's they still could make a run if the stars align yeah i don't know that from the let's say the fifth to eighth seed in the playoffs like which could mean even coming through the Mm play-in i don't know that i would bet on a finals run out of them from that point yeah winning a round or two sure i mean steph can still win a game or two in any playoff series all by himself and if you can do that then you've got a chance because there's going to be another game where stuff just happens and all of a sudden you're in a game seven and it's like mm-hmm. anything can happen. So I just that that part would be a little scary. Now having to do that three times just to get to the finals, that might maybe is mm-hmm. you know bridge too far, but but we'll 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 see what it looks like with them. Cause I think yeah, I just I I don't know. I'm not gonna be able to quit them until it's a year too late. And then I'm like, yeah. well, all right, I was I was wrong. Like it's you know, I'm already my biggest mea culpa's on Minnesota. Like I'm you know, hand up, I was wrong on that one. So I'll I'll own that. Like I you know, so that's if I'm wrong in the Warriors too, so be it. Yeah, I mean look the Golden State though, there's some teams where you'd rather be out a year early than a year sure. late on. Yeah. Right. There's teams that we've seen. I mean, maybe the Bulls are getting into that territory where we've seen teams <laughs> hang hang on. Well, okay, they are where they where they hang on too long. You know, would they wait too long yeah. to blow things up? And then next thing you know, they're in, they're in big, big trouble. Um, the Warriors are, are not that team because of what they have accomplished. Yeah. They're, I would I would be okay, especially if I'm a Warriors fan, with going down with the ship with, with that team as long as, you know, as long as they're still showing something. 
rather than blowing that team up a year too early. And I can still watch Steph every night and look up yeah. and be like, oh, cool. Well, there's all our title banners again. Right. And I get to watch the tonight's night where he scores 60 because right. he's having one of those Steph games. Like, yeah, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm far more okay with that than looking up and being like, oh, cool, a bunch of Bulls titles that were won before I was born. And, yay, DeMar DeRozan 20-foot jumpers are falling tonight. Like, yeah. That's, you know, and there goes our draft lottery odds. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Right. All right. Well, um, this ended up being a bit of a supersized show, but plenty to talk about today, especially as we're seeing. Again, this is, is going to become more of a persistent. That's right. That's right. And because we missed yesterday. But um, but this is also becoming uh, more and more of a thing. As we get closer and closer to February 8th, the trade stuff is going to pick up. We're going to continue yeah. to hear more on the, you know, for a while there, people were saying, is it really just the Bulls on the trade market? And that's it. Now it's yeah. the Knicks. We were talking to the Celtics the other day. Now it's the Pistons with Bogdanovich. It's going to start picking up here. So that's my long-winded way of saying subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. That way you know every time we put out a new episode, which you do try to do Monday through Friday, internet permitting, and uh, and make sure you follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.